Hey everybody, this is Eric Wright, the host of the Disco Posse podcast in a really, really fun episode ahead here with the one and only and really, really cool John Meyer. John's known often as the AWS blogger, but he's much more than that. And you're going to hear a lot of really, really great advice on what he talks about content creation, putting himself out in the community, the journey uh, to from inside to outside lots of fun and this you got to stay to the end because literally this is the most fun there's a little foreshadowing right at the very start and it plays out in a way that i could have never imagined at the end so you definitely got to listen to this one from front to back all right speaking of front to back how do you get protected from your front to your back that's right you want to back up everything you need to make sure that you can be protected in any case on any infrastructure Anywhere you go, that's why you go to your friends over at Veeam Software. So big shout out to our good friends and sponsors, Veeam. If you go to vee.am forward slash Disco Posse, you can find out more with everything you need for your data protection needs from the on-premises data center world, physical servers, cloud servers, heck, even that cloud native goodness with Kasten. And how do you make sure you back everything up in a fully orchestrated way? Oh yeah, VMware Disaster Recovery Orchestrator. Ah yes, very cool. I'm a big fan. Uh, I definitely believe in the platform. I use it myself, so I can say that I am literally a customer, and I know this stuff works. Uh, so go check it out. All right, speaking of that, checking other things out, I want you to go and check out my fine friends over at Fiverr. If you want to get anything you need to get done in the sense of production, creative art, consulting, uh, anything i actually use them for a lot of my uh, podcast artwork and for some of the other imaging and work that i do uh, i've got logos that get done so if you go to discopossipodcast.com and click on the fiber link the fiber link right there will take you to a special spot it lets you know that old disco sent you that way and while you're there grab a cup of diabolical coffee that's right the best coffee on the planet or at least really good coffee with amazing swag and we've now released the official the limited edition t-shirt devil's breath by zine rashidi a unique artist impression that you're gonna love so go check it out go to the limited edition section on the merch page and you can get one for yourself right now all right this is it we're gonna talk to john meyer he's the aws blogger but he's much more than that super fun Hold on to your hats. This is a great one. Hi, everyone. My name is John Meyer, also known as the AWS Blogger. And you're listening to the Disco Posse Podcast. This is how I, I love inviting professional broadcasters and podcasters onto the show because this is, you know, like I could walk away from the from the microphone and I'd come back in 75 minutes and I'd have an amazing podcast. I don't even have to be here. This is great. John, thank you very much for joining. I'm excited. Oh, man, Eric, I'm super excited. I'm glad we got a chance to connect and do this podcast. Uh, you were mentioning you can walk away and you know have 75 minutes of it and called me a professional. I in no way consider myself a professional. <laughs> I'm still just uh, a noob at this. Like, <laughs> so I appreciate everybody that says it, but I'm no way near it. 
And for uh, the folks that are new to you, uh, which is exciting. I mean, I, I do. I love that you have, you have a really good, strong, uh, very good public face. You're you're a strong giver to the community, both in content and your personal commitment to helping folks. Uh, but anyways, for folks that are brand new to John Meyer, do you want to give a quick bio about yourself? And then we'll jump into, well, kind of the, you know, the, the face and the method of really good community engagement. Uh, so a quick bio, wait, you want me to talk about myself? I know, um, it's hard, Oh man, it? I got this, don't worry. What <laughs> <We> can... <laughs> uh, you must learn is that you, you've got to improvise and unfortunately talk about yourself uh, quite too often in some cases. All right, a little bit of information about me. Uh, I am a husband, father of three kids, and I love bringing awesome video content. I actually started out doing this uh, a year ago. Amazing as it is, everybody's like, a year, you might have been doing this longer or less, however you may take it. And I just have a lot of fun. I have a quirky personality. And for some reason, you as the audience like that. So if I happen to fall down here or do something, laugh, but don't forget to hit that like and subscribe. <laughs> I like that you already know you you learned that thing of like smash that like button. Don't forget to subscribe before you go. Yeah, no, it's uh one thing I I definitely like I said I've got a massive respect for you John and I was lucky through, you know, work engagements that's how we kind of spent a bit more time together. You know, I've always been uh, uh somebody who's followed your work in the community. And so it was particularly enjoyable when we got a chance to share the microphone for a couple of events and a few different things. And what I enjoy about the way you approach things is you say, like, you know, be ready to improvise. You know, I I trust in your ability. Like, and improvising is really difficult. Like, it's not just making it up as you go along. It's drawing from what you know that will work for the situation. It's a very distinct differentiation and one that takes practice. And it also means that to be a good speaker, surprisingly, this, this will kind of twist people's noodle a bit. You've got to be a particularly good listener. And that's, you know, being a student of other great speakers and presenters, that's how I've been able to advance my own capabilities. And you are among the folks who you know, I looked and said, okay, let me sort of pick out the things that I know that John does particularly well and find out why it works. And it's been very helpful for me personally, I got to say. Uh, so first of all, Eric, I'm, I'm actually flattered. I, to be honest with you, I was taking notes off of you. So you know what? I think you, you started, uh, when did you start Disco Posse? I mean, Oh boy. Yeah. Like the, the blog itself is like 12 years old now. Uh, the podcast is four years old and, uh, yeah, the moment that everybody told me it was a bad idea, I realized it was the right thing to do. So I just kept <laughs> hammering ahead. And I, I always say like every success I've had has been despite advice, not because of it. I, <laughs> uh, so, uh, man, actually, to be honest with you, uh, we've met at a couple of events and that's when I really started. You were following me and I actually started following you and I've learned a lot off of you. So I don't think I don't know if you've been learning off of me. I think I've been taking notes from you in the community because you've been doing this a lot longer than I have. And uh, but I've had great mentors uh, from companies I worked with. 
uh, a gentleman and a good friend of mine, Jeff, and we won't mention his last name unless he doesn't mind being on here. He's a real good friend. He's been a mentor for me for public speaking and blog posting and evangelism. And I've been really kind of taking uh, cues from him. So uh, I actually draw from the audience, everybody that's out there. I don't, I don't even look how long you've been doing it. I look at, you know, really, am I engaged? Am I listening to your show? Am I continuing on and finding out what's next? So I, I got to tell you, Eric, I, I think it's been opposite. I'm following you. Well, it's, uh, and thank you. And I really, now, the, the thing that I really wanted to dig in on, because for folks that are especially fresh to blogging, fresh to doing stuff in the in the public eye, it's a, it is quite a transition. You know, you're you've got a very good expressive capability, and a lot of folks have trouble making that jump, or they see folks that are you know, more comfortable on camera, more comfortable on a microphone. And what they don't necessarily realize is that, in fact, we may be sort of actually introverted by nature and, and extroverted by career and not to take away. This is one thing I'm always careful about. I, I say I'm introverted in general, but I, I know I'm no introvert by most people's measure, but I also... I like I have to tap out sometimes. Like I've gone to events, I'm like massive event, and like it's fun. You talk to all these people and you get this high energy and we do these things. And then when you're done, I like put in noise canceling headphones and I go and I walk around the block because I just need to kind of step away from it. But and so the reason I say that is a lot of folks that are getting started and they look and they say, Okay, so I see John's got you know lots of video content, lots of blog content. And they lose sight of the first time you said, I'm going to try this. So I want to hear, how did you get started with, you know, the first time you hit publish on, on something? Yeah, so I got to tell everybody that the very first time, and uh, some of those videos are still out there. I kind of cleaned up my YouTube a little bit more because I had a lot of that I wanted to think. But the very first time that I got started was actually not and i don't think it was making a video about anything we were doing events that i was streaming live here from my basement and i had to be on camera and i had to be in the public eye and i'll tell you what i messed up so much i'm like oh i'm sorry you never know what's going to happen live you know i kept it clean but you, you fumbled the one advice that we're going to talk about probably time and time again on this is just do it just actually get out there create the content the more you do it the more comfortable you get in front of the camera the better you're going to be. Your personality is going to come across. You're not going to keep saying uh, um, they're like. It's all going to happen naturally over time. And, you know, kind of, Eric, uh, I guess starting out and live streaming an event from my basement, I have to take a step back and talk about, you know, uh, some of the crazy stuff I done with putting like logos in my hair and really getting those conversations started. That, it's just my personality of jumping out there. But being on camera is actually, when I started out, really scary to me. Right. Yeah, this is the one thing that I, I always joke because I got a great face for radio. Like, I'm not, I, I, I've never, I've become more comfortable with the way, you know, to, you know, to actually work with video as a medium. Because at first, like, when you're on a stage, it's very different, right? Because like you're 
I'm a, I'm one of those guys. My, I always tell my camera people at work, I'm like, you're gonna, I, I'm sorry in advance. Like, get ready to get your, get ready to get your steps in because you're gonna be following my ass back and forth across the stage. Like I, I pace, I do everything I do is meant to create the cadence of the flow of the entire conversation. And even though it's me with the microphone or presenter cue, it's still a conversation in my mind because I'm changing it on the fly based on the way that the audience feeds back. So yep. I move around and I never had to worry about looking into the camera or like worrying about where are my hands, like you've got a clicker in your hand so you can get away with stuff and you can gesticulate and you can do all these crazy things. So all of a sudden, when you look at real professional broadcasters, and the first thing you think is, what the hell do they do with their hands? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing you can't see the top of my desk here because they are my my hands are here sweaty, and I'm like, all right, man. I, just as much as I do this, what do you do with your hands? They're actually cupped here on my desk, and I'm like, oh man, I'm intently listening to you, and you know, really following the story. What you said is, you have to listen to the other person and what they're talking about. Not look for the opening, not look for what you're going to say next, because you're going to miss the very valuable conversation that's happening between the two of us. And I, I think that's what transpired over the last year is that people miss this interaction. They miss, you know, having that one on one face interaction. So now they want to have natural conversations through video conferencing and doing a podcast. Now, most podcasts that you listen to is all just about listening. You know, you're driving to work, you're listening. Okay, well now you can't drive to work or you're not going there. And now you actually get to have that, you know, video conference and you have to get comfortable that way. Yeah, this is the the interesting thing. And I made the jump to adding video to my own because again, like I said, I looked at the way in which I looked at other folks that were adding and I thought, let's just see if it's an element. Cause I do it, I do it during the podcast. So even the audio podcasts always have video, but we don't publish the video because I told them it's not video. Like, so people are, they're in whatever comfortable clothing they want. They don't worry about setting up their environment. Like I've legitimately got a light and a proper camera and a bunch of things, but the purpose of it was so that I can see nonverbal interaction and mm -hmm. it's very different. So the irony is that now that I've got a legitimate like proper camera and a bunch of different things that I've learned, I actually look into the camera. The crappy part is in my most of my physical setup, the laptop is not near the camera. So you'll sometimes see like people look up, they look down because to look at you, I need to look away from the camera. So anyway, that's my gripe about, about the challenge of broadcast. However, like I've gotten really good feedback. And I've got a surprising amount of viewership because people are like, yeah. And the comments are often, it was so cool to actually see the way that you folks like actually like parry back and forth instead of when you see it or you need to listen to it, they assume that it's been edited down for like to make it sound like a conversation. I'm like, no, no, literally this is just <laughs> 75 straight bloody minutes of talking between two people. That's it. <laughs> no magic, no editing. So it's fun to add video, but you know, it took a while before I was comfortable with what I was going to get out of it as a product. Now you talked about editing right before the show. Eric and I were talking about editing. I have a huge I'm a huge fan of not editing the quirkiness and the mishaps 
and you know, all of a sudden I drop something on the floor and I'm picking it up. I leave it in there. The audience finds that really natural. Like you're, you're human. It's not cut out. And you know, you, you get a lot of that, uh, you know, personalization through the whole podcast, through the video interaction. And I, I find that's more or less you're, you're connecting with the audience. Yeah, this is one of the misnomers about public speaking and folks that have mentored me and, and that I've learned from even just whether they realize they're mentoring me or not. And one of the more common things, and I actually did a presentation at one point to teach people, almost like a Toastmasters type of thing. And I said, like, it's called listening to a thousand people at a time. And the premise is that when you're on stage, you go there with an idea, with a flow, you've got it ready to go. You've got a general script in your head. But if you're, if you don't pivot and adjust according to the reaction of the room, then it's not a conversation. It's you yak, 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 yak. You're like, <laughs> I can do that. I could have done it, recorded it and sent it as a video. The point of this is that you watch somebody in the third row like they, they go, oh yeah, like you can see them like lean back and sort of chuckle and they like nudge their friend. You're like, oh, that's cool. And then, you know, like keep going, mm. you stretch that section out, you know, skip the mainframe jokes. No one's getting <laughs> here, whatever it's going to be like you got. I don't know. I think they're still valid jokes. That's it. That's <laughs> it. But I, I agree with you that uh, when you're publicly speaking, you're there on a stage, you can actually, you get a feel for the audience. They're laughing. You can hear the laughter. You can see people, you know, like ah, really paying attention and not on their phones or you don't see people leaving. So, you know, the public speaking aspect, if you pivot or you're, you get really good at it and you pivot really quick to keep the audience drained in, that, that, that's value. Doing a podcast, I actually think, is 10 times harder because you don't know what the audience until after the fact, after you put it out there. We don't have live audience like, oh, taped in front of a live audience. You know, and it, like, you know. Hey. Yes, the Disco Posse podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is what was a very different thing that I learned. And it took a long time to learn, which was talking to an empty room that's full. And this concept of finding a subject, they normally they say that in your in, even in public speaking, you pick choose a subject and you're giving your speech to them. Make it three quarters of the way back in the room, so you're projecting whatever all the, the crazy stuff is. I never, I never learned all the stuff. I just figured it out the hard way. <laughs> and being able to talk to a room that doesn't give any feedback at all was really weird. And I used to do webinars. So my cheat with webinars is I say, hey, well, I see there's lots of good questions coming up. I see we got somebody, just a quick question. And who here is in IT for more than 20 years? Like, and I ask the question and then you can get interaction. And so I, that was my first, I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then you get this format where you're like, Oh, good golly. There's literally no way I'm going to know who's caring about what we're saying at any moment or not, but I got a role. Like there's an audience watching. It's, it's a, it's a practiced thing for sure. And, uh, but you, like I said, you've got a, an almost theater like capability to really get just, you're excited 
you, it's infectious in the good way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, I, I can't believe some of the feedback I get from people. And I got to thank everybody out there because uh, every time somebody reaches out to me and says, this is awesome, or they loved it, uh, or, you know, they want to see something, hey, could you add this to the show? Or can you do you can, And it, it's very touching because it knows that I'm being personal, I'm being natural. This is my natural ability. I'm coming across as a quirky, goofy guy who has fun and really wants to bring some entertainment, but some knowledge to the audience and do some funny things. If you check, take a look at my uh, YouTube channel, you'll see some of the green screen stuff that I do, or I showcase something else, or I talk about another product, but I try to put some weird stuff in it. But it's, I, I, Eric, I mean, Thank you, because it means a lot coming from you and all the audience members uh, just reaching out to me and saying, you know, I, I really enjoy it or you're, you're doing an awesome job because it tells me that to keep going. You know, there are some days where you wake up and you're like, man, I, I don't have those million followers yet. But the followers I do have enjoy it. And I love bringing everybody that content or the podcast that I started recently. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to talk about. You know, content aside, you you chose to like you had a specific life event that ultimately, and for folks that can listen to, you know, we're we're not. I don't want to dive into it because I don't want that to be sort of be the center of the subject matter. Is fantastic, and it was a really, and it, it was an interesting ride through a lot of your lived experience that you brought folks through, and but the the point of why I want people to to listen to it and is that you you chose to share and give lessons at the same time and talk about a pretty significant career thing but you did it almost in the the like a true author format of like you gave the lead up story and then you gave the here's a quick lesson and then what we're going to talk about next time, it was beautifully episodic. And I don't know, do you, did you study as far as a style that you wanted to achieve with that? And that's the start. I mean, your other content is very interactive. You've, but the way that you approach that first few episodes of the podcast as a true sort of episodic delivery was very, very, it was divergent from your normal straight up public speaking. So I got to think there's something made you choose to do that style. And what was the background to it? All right. Can I, can I ask a question? There are styles to this. I, <laughs> I know it's, it's pretty silly. It's kind of like, and so actually there, you answered my question in a way, right? Cause quite often, you know, like I studied behavioral psychology. Uh -oh. after, Wait, after, after I studied life for a long time. So I, I went to, I'll say I studied behavioral psychology. I hung around at like 300 and 400 level courses at a university Good. until they figured out that I didn't go to the university and they, they told me to stop coming. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a story we're going to have to get into. <laughs> but what I, what I learned was that things that happen on what seems like automatically or happen because of, you know, a reason they really do have a, there's a fundamental thing. There's effectively rules of life, rules of nature that kind of like Kahneman and Tversky's, you know, studies of behavioral economics that like it broke a lot of brains because they're like, oh, you know, it's funny. 
now that you say it, it's totally obvious. <laughs> so in the same way, like your choice of style may have been influenced without even realizing it from, you know, just you had a story that you wanted to watch. And then you chose to tell in a method that would make it worthwhile for you to watch. I, I have to tell the audience, I took the, so I, I thought about doing the podcast and I wrote it down and I wrote the titles down, by the way, I wrote episode one, two, three, and it was actually supposed to be six or seven, but the way that I was rolling, I, 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 I actually did not plan what I was going to talk about. I wrote the title. That's how I, that's how I started it. And I said the beginning. And I wanted to talk about my journey to the cloud. And the next one, I said, you know, the MSP fiasco. By the way, the title of it is why I left AWS. And by the way, AWS is awesome. The services, everything there. I have nothing bad about the company itself. I just, I had needed a change. And yeah. during this change, I'm not going to spoil anything for you. You got to listen to the podcast. This is my very first few that I've done. So uh, I did five of them. And you're going to listen to episode one through five, literally in the sequence order. How I did it is I just grabbed my mic and I started recording. I set the timer on my phone 15 minutes. And when it was getting close to the 15 minute mark, I tapered it off and went for my, you know, then started my next one. I did not even plan. I didn't even write it out. It was unscripted. It was literally from the heart. There's nothing embellished. I didn't add anything extra to make it really super entertaining. I just literally gave you kind of my life story in five episodes of, you know, going to AWS cloud and then leaving it. I, you, you particularly nailed the headlines in a way of like the most beautiful clickbaity. Here's like the, that one title really, I was like, Ooh, this is going to be neat because it says like, so the series is why I left AWS. And then the title is the MSP fiasco. So I was like, oh shit, son, <laughs> we're going to expose some neat demons. It wasn't at all an AWS really thing, but it was just so funny because of the layout of the title. Yep. I was like, is John going to like open up some, some, you know, Pandora's box on this one. It was, it was a fantastic story and, you know, people should listen to it. But anyway, I, I, I just laughed at that when I was like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> so Eric, you know me and you know that uh, the way I bring content is I never want anybody to look bad. I always, when I'm working with somebody, I'm interviewing somebody, I'm bringing them on the show. My whole premise is I'm not one to, you know, find the, the negative part about it or show them on the negative spotlight. Yeah, it was the MSB fiasco, but it was literally how I lived it within the company and some of the decisions they made with regards to, you know, AWS and professional services. Now, I'm not going to tell you anymore because, yes, uh, like Eric mentioned, it's uh, I don't say it's a clickbait there. No, you actually it is a fiasco in my mind. I kind of was getting left go, but that's how I got to AWS. So the the negative opened the positive door and it was really just all that passion behind it. And, you know, just putting together this entire podcast and series was new to me. I had never done it before. And the feedback I got, people were like, John, your energy is lovely. You're awesome. Your personality is very like it's engaging. And that's just me. That's that's how I do things. And I love bringing that to the audience. Now, this is interesting. You chose 15 minutes, and, and I know a lot of the work that I've seen you do, it is that it's a very, it's a fun style, and it's it's very good. 
Now I'm curious in your thoughts, because you know, people were gonna find, you know, we're we're going longer than the 15 minutes on this one. You is your choice because you tend to like you you like that maintained energy level and you don't know like is there a is there a reason why you've really latched onto that format and that duration just or you know was it just because you know 15 felt like a good number <laughs> <laughs> okay besides 15 felt like a good number yeah we're going to go 15 minutes or more on this i think we're already way over on that and as you can tell i can keep my energy level up for it, but I wanted to bring you small increments of my journey. And I wanted you to kind of just let them sink in a little bit, uh, pull in some of that knowledge and that, and I didn't want to bore you. If in 15 minutes you didn't like it, you're out the door and not onto the next episode, but you listen to the first one. And it's really all about easily digestible content stuff that you can listen to here at your desk. Uh, you can listen on the road. You can listen in other places while you're traveling somewhere or it's good, you know, we're not commuting or most of us are not commuting nowadays. So you can listen in the background while you're doing some work. And it's like, everybody's got that 15 minutes. Why not just easily digest rather than uh, a lot of the stuff I do 45 minutes, hour, two hour long. And I always try to keep the energy level up the entire time. Yeah. And it was, it's interesting because I've, I was on a recent, uh, it was a webinar that was being done and, and the speaker was, was great, but it was funny that he was extremely high energy so much so that it was it was actually tiring for an audience member after 40 but like you're sitting there like going you need to like you need to bring it down you know like because it was he had such a fantastic like stage delivery which would be good like to really get like a raucous reaction from a room full of people like the morning keynote before yep. your your yeah. company meeting but i was like oh this is a really kind of a touchy subject and you're coming at it like all right who's excited who's excited right yeah. like it it was interesting because there was no change like because he wasn't getting a feedback loop mhm mm i'm it was interesting. I was like, okay, he just doesn't know that this is not a stage and people are probably a little, you know, like wide eyed listening to it. But I can tell you that's happened to me. Uh, and I'm not actually, I'm actually not ashamed of it, uh, but that's just my personality. And it's good feedback. We were doing an event. I was hosting an event in Seattle and I was just coming off high energy, right? And it just so happened that my mic was all the way up. And for me, my mic should have been down because of my energy to balance out the room. And somebody made a comment in the thing, you know, maybe if we can, somebody should tell John to tone it down a little bit. And a colleague of mine said, ha ha, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, but the, 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 the person who made the comment didn't know me and didn't know my personality. And all the stuff that I've done with these events that I've hosted from my basement or everywhere else is that I always come with this high energy. Uh, yeah, that's a positive and a negative in some instances, but I'll just stay with my high energy. And, you know, for this show, I can go high energy the entire time because, you know, that that's just what it's all about for this. But I wanted those 15 minutes to really to encompass my personality and encompass my high energy. And I'll tell you what, you got, I recorded all five of them in one sitting, back to back to back. So you got all that high energy throughout in every single episode. 
and I kind of stretched them out so that I wasn't releasing them all at once and, you know, blowing out everybody with all this and they're getting episode five when episode two is just sh finally showing up in their newsfeed. Now that's interesting. And it, you, like you totally did like the Jeopardy thing where you just come in on Monday, record five episodes and then like trickle them out through the week. So that was that a conscious choice yes. to do it that way? Yeah. And the reason that you do it is because, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the social media's algorithms only show maybe like your episode one and somebody at the end of the week will finally see episode one pop up in their news feed while they're scrolling down. And you want to give them the chance to understand what episode one is about or the, the, the beginning. And then, you know, uh, I did Monday, I released another one. And then I think near the end of the week, I released number three because I did an awesome video with uh, Jeff Barr on the next chapter and I, where I released where I was going, I was like, oh my God, I, I, I timed this poorly. And then I, <laughs> I, I wanted to get out my episodes before this, but I told him that I'd get that cut. Yeah. But by the way, if you are your own social media recording, editing person, content creator, it's a lot to manage amongst your normal day job as well. I, I, you speak the truth, sir. You do. Now that brings up a good point, you know, for people that are looking to get started, what is the commitment in your mind of, you know, so I want to do four or five, I want to do five 15 minute podcasts. Let's say we're going to do it as video and audio. What's the real translation to effort and duration to do that kind of a content stream? Well, I worked for a content creator company during the summer a couple of years ago, and they put out training videos. So I was doing a lot of these, not only on camera, but creating my content. And something that I learned a while ago, for every 20 minutes of content you create takes four hours worth of work. All right. And that's that's actually content that you're creating, like hands-on workshops and right. going through it. For each of these 15 minutes, I probably spend about an additional 90 minutes, not only uh, recording it, uh, saving it, getting a YouTube thumbnail created, planning my social media aspect and just getting it pushed out there. So I'm probably about 60 to 90 minutes per 15 minute episode is probably realistic for a podcast or interview style. You know, you want to put in some lower thirds. Uh, if I use a green screen, you better jack that up to about four to six hours because I like to get really, really in depth with it and make sure that it comes across really natural. And that's an interesting thing too, because as more and more people are using the virtual backgrounds and they're doing green screen stuff, I, I w decided to go the other route. I'm like, people said like, I want to set up this perfect virtual background, do all these things. I'm like, you know, what's even better. I, I'm just going to set up my room. And so you'll see with the video, early video podcast, first it's a blank blue wall. Then it's a blue wall with like one picture on it. And like it progresses over time because I realized I want to look real. And I used a GoPro for my first bunch of them. And it works, you know, and it was fine. But then I decided to go this next route because people would say like, oh, it's really cool is to draw people's eye towards this thing. And that's why you use depth of field and different stuff with, you know, sort of photography and videography tricks. Well, instead of getting my fake background to beat up my computer, trying to get Zoom to process it, 
I was like, I'm just going to get a camera <laughs> with a short focal length and I'll uh, create my own depth of field. So no matter where I go, I've got this beautiful virtual background. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes simple is more. Uh, my background is a whiteboard, but I've had this for six, seven years now. It's actually just like a Klingon one. The downfall is that it's got a glare to it. So you can see my monitors in the back. Uh, oh, I've done a couple of things. Now I can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even it. <laughs> now, now you can't see it, right? All right. Uh, but if I put on my ring light, it's going right through, and then you see that. Or I've got a light here where. Or you this know. glasses, right? So I, I, for the folks that are listening, they'll be like, what is he talking about? I, so I put on my glasses, and then you actually see the reflections in the glasses i'm like oh man i can't wear my glasses so i sure hope i'm in focus <laughs> <laughs> uh some of the other things that are the trick i i've got lights uh around it, and that's really if i zoom out you're going to see all the lights that go around the whiteboard another thing i'm working on is a little more acoustic panels so this back behind me might have some little acoustic panels and kind of get a little bit you know i haven't drawn on this board in a while my kids love my board more than i do anymore uh <laughs> when i first started architecting and designing I would do a lot of drawing and kind of draw out the, the the path and the you know three tier architecture and you know follow it through and I'm like oh now I can visualize it and or I do some uh, objects on the back and so in you know when you see it I might have had like a uh, deep racer car back here or an Amazon right, thing right. over here and you would see those that would be kind of my focal point but now. I don't really use it that much. So I'm changing it around. I'm leaving the whiteboard, but I might actually just cover it with a like a, a matte color or I might do it acoustic panels, depending on how I'm always playing around with it. And you mentioned that you started out with a GoPro. I started out with a Logitech, by the way. Uh, They're great. Yeah, it's a great start, right? You know what? Uh, when when things started, I had a Logitech uh, 920 HD. It, it's actually, the quality is not that bad. People can forgive you for your poor video quality, but your audio quality, they cannot forgive you for. Right. And I accidentally recorded with my Logitech camera. I had a bit, the microphone built in. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that was an hour-long recording that I had to redo. People ripped me apart for having this bad recording. But... Anyway, you can have a crappy camera, always get great audio. I've got a Rode podcaster sitting up here. Uh, I'm also, I have a lavalier mic that I'm gonna start using. You'll you'll start to see me that's hooked into my ATM mini I have on my desk. Uh, I bought one of those, I, I used them for some of my events. I absolutely loved it. So I got one for me that's hooked into now my Sony a6400. That's why you see the clarity is much better. Uh, always progressing. It's uh, well, and this is the interesting thing, too, is the starting, it can be as simple as just a, a straight up Logitech webcam. You know, it's not expensive to get. You can get like an Audio-Technica AT2020 USB mic. They're like 99 bucks. Yep. And it, so it's, it's feasible for most people to do stuff, even with what's kind of built in. You can even use like the Apple headphones into like corded headphones for people that are looking to get started like the barrier to entry is so much lower now yep. and that's beautiful right and like you know we want to go a little bit further and and i've done the same thing where i'm like okay i'm going to go up i'm going to using a dslr i want to go one step further i'm going to get the a10 mini i want to get a and i actually want to get a black magic camera because i'm just a fan of the 
the camera for other things. So, but I've made a choice. Like I didn't need to start there. And nope. technically I don't need it. I'm just a audio video nerd and I want to dig into it. <laughs> well, you're always looking to improve your quality. So, you know, when you first start out, heck, you can use your own phone. Uh, get yourself like a little gimbal, put your phone yeah. on it uh, and do your recordings. Actually, that's how I started out. I did a recording before I went out to a, a you know, a well-known conference. I had the logo shaved in my hair and I did it with my gimbal. I, I, I had that. That's how I did my pictures. And you can start out that way. The biggest thing that I'm going to tell everybody that I am still doing today and still learning and I'm still new about this is creating content and just get it out there. Just you'll start to fine tune as you get along, as you move on. You're like, OK, the very first thing I had no opening, no YouTube thumbnail. I just took a picture from my video and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is pretty That's good. Right. <laughs> That's what I used. And then I started to look at other people and search other YouTube websites. I'm like, wow. Why did I click on that? You want to know why I clicked on it? Because of the thumbnail. I didn't even know what the content was about. The thumbnail, the actual videos. So you start to progress and you start to make things better and you add one thing after another. And then by then, you know, in a couple months, you're in front of the camera. You're very comfortable with the camera and you're now producing good quality content. And guess what? I am changing it daily. I'm learning something new. I'm learning a new trick. I'm learning a new, you know, like, oh, how do I make this sound a little bit better? Or how can I entice people to go ahead and click on that MSP fiasco podcast? It is very much the like, just get out there and get started because just like blogging, like anything in, in creation, it's a muscle and you train it and mm -hmm. you morph it through practice and you don't, you can't study that stuff and then nail it on the first try. You very much have to sort of, you know, walk before you run or whatever the appropriate uh, analogy would be. And this is one thing I've learned too. Same thing with like that, like the video thumbnail. We re I realized at one point, I'm like, every single video I have basically is the same crappy thumbnail. It's just a, a snapshot of from, from something. And I realized like, oh, like you said, what's at the top of my algorithm? Like why? what shows up there and why do I immediately draw my eye to it? And it's like oh, someone's face, big text, you know, whatever it's going to be. And it's, you know, whatever the, the pose is that, that gets you to click it. I'm like, Oh, cool. This is, this is neat. And like you said, Canva free, right? You can pay for it, but you don't need to necessarily. So YouTube free, you know, most, Products Zoom lets you record up to forty-five minutes for free. I think in the free tier, but you don't need to use Zoom. You don't need to. I use Signal Wire, which was uh, I stumbled upon them through the podcast. I had Sean Heine on, who's their CTO, and uh, I'll tell you the reason why I love Signal Wire. Here's some shameless plug, kids. <laughs> if you and I talk and continue to talk over each other at the same time, it all comes through. And it seems weird that that matters, but when you have a conversation, have, I mean- No, you wait, I can I interrupt you? No, I'm just kidding. I just, yeah. wanted, to, I, I just wanted to check that out. <laughs> I, so this is the funny thing. So the technology is fantastically better than anything on the market. The downside is the, the meat where human people that I have, like, We've learned that when you see somebody talking, you don't talk. And then when you think it's your turn, 
But there, there's nothing worse than when you're listening or you're on a meeting and you hear like, sorry, sorry. Because like it's all just digital cancellation because everybody's tripping on each other. And then everyone's like, okay, so you see, you go, you go. Okay, so you see. And then somebody went to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what I love. What I loved about this platform was there's no cutoff. Yeah, <laughs> but you could we could actually harmonize like ooh, you know, like you could do all the crazy things. So it was funny, and that's why I liked this because if I do a panel discussion, I can actually have people tripping over each other and talking on top of each other, and it comes through instead of like one hand clapping, which is what a group you know discussion is like in in. I'll say like most web conferencing platforms haven't solved that problem. Uh, so anyways, that was, but what's available free, right? There's a free tier of WebEx. There's a free tier of Zoom. There's lots of free tools. Um, Ringer, there's, there's literally a dozen ways you can record. You can record, upload to Podbean, SoundCloud, you name it. Like the barrier to entry is near zero. And if it isn't zero and you need help, then God damn it, just call me. <laughs> uh, and I, 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 other folks, right? And we will, that's what I love is like creating creators, giving people their voice. And it's it's neat to share that it's, you don't have to have the crazy high production to nail the first bunch. Nope. One of the things that uh, anybody out there, and you just put it out there, and I'm going to put it out there too. You know, Eric said it, uh, if you need help with something, reach out. Eric and I started out in the same estimate. Eric's been doing this a lot longer than me. I just have the weird personality. Uh, so if you want to learn something, guess what? You're not all you're not just learning from me. I'm learning from you because you're going to ask questions. I'm like, why can't we do it that way? I'm going to be like, you know what? Let's give that a try. Some of the things that Eric talked about is the, the free stuff that's all web-based. Uh, there's one out there. Most people know about it, or if you don't, it's called OBS Ninja, which is rebranding to Video Ninja, V-D-O Ninja. Uh -huh. Yes. Uh, trying to segregate so that there's not a similarity or people don't think that it has anything to do with OBS. OBS is the opening, open broadcasting software that is available. By the way, it, the newest version, I think it's like 26 point something, is actually better on Mac than it is for Windows. The reason this is, is you don't need some of the integration software for it. But anyway, if you use it, I'm going to call it OBS Ninja, but it's Video Ninja. I use that with OBS. But with OBS on your personal laptop, you need a really high performance machine to handle the video resolution and everything on it. But with Video Ninja, you can record it. It's a browser-based video, video conferencing software that you can record it right on there. And you can record as a director each person and just take those, throw it into your software editing, uh, whatever you want to do, and you can put it together as in a natural conversation. But with SignalWire here, I, I kind of like it and I like the uh, browser-based ones because it's readily, it's right there available and you're only using the browser for it, just like uh, Video Ninja and the comparison of it, but you're not, you're using their resources. Uh, right. you know, you're not consuming your own. So there's some great tools out there with Video Ninja. You can record. Uh, I do like the feature that you talked about with uh, SignalWire on how it uh, doesn't over talk and you can, you're actually capturing all that. That's something different. I'm going to have to see that that does it on other ones. I know on the, the current one I use for work, it does cut out and you wait for that pause and then everybody starts talking again. 
<laughs> Everybody heard. And, uh, you know, now they got these little hand raise features where you can raise your hand and say, hey, listen, I'd like to talk. But then everybody does that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, this is the it, it's I think why people have forgotten what it's like to be in a group sometimes because we're so used to being able to have like very dynamic conversations and it's difficult, right? Especially we, we meet with our product management teams and product marketers and, you know, all over the place. Right. And it's not natural to wait your turn and make sure you're not like the whole fun. If you're at a party and there's a couch full of people and someone's like, John, go ahead. Like, no, that's not how it goes. John just starts telling a funny story. We all like buckle over laughing and someone goes, no, no way, no way, no way, no. So I got one up for you. And then it just, you start the next thing. That's a natural conversation. And the way that Zoom has retrained our brains, that it's I it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird as we like reintroduce normal interactions and I got a question. Wait, wait, wait. You just mentioned are jokes as funny on video conference as they are in real life? I mean I sure hope so. I've seen enough smiles on my Zoom meetings. That's my, it's actually my favorite thing is when you basically like gently joke bomb a room full of a Zoom room full of people and you just watch them all and go like Take a quick screenshot. <laughs> yeah, or when you when you send somebody a Slack or a or a chat message when they're on, and also you you see them, they're looking at the camera, and also they go. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> they just like I mean, that, that comes up, and you know, like yeah, they read that. I'll be messaging somebody going, "You're making funny faces." <laughs> <laughs> or all of a sudden they turn off their camera and I'm like, yeah, I got them good. But the the thing that is different about video as far as like like group interactions and even one-on-one -on -one interactions is it is it's cognitively tiring to look into a camera and continuously think, how do I look? What am I like? Like when you're in a room full of people, no one's like, am I tilting the right way? Like I literally get messed up because I'll be like, I think I'm off center, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then you realize it's not mirroring. So I'm like, I'm like, it's like trying to shave backwards in a double mirror. And you're like, I, you find yourself moving around. You look at how you look and it's, it's very it's like a gentle level of increase in a anxiety and intensity that can really tire you out over the course of doing it a bunch of times without like, cause look, we're all humans. It's not about vanity. We want to sound good, look good, be respected, be listened and cared about. And so when we're in a group situation or even in a one-on-one -on -one conversation, like you said, I don't, I want to concentrate on you and I having a discussion not how I am I in the middle of the frame? Is my shoulders too low? I've got this amazing new shirt. Check that out. Like that's a badass shirt. This is my new devil's breath shirt for diabolical. Comedy. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw that post. Uh, um, you were talking uh, about it. I think you were talking about new shirts out or new, new yeah, apparel. Oh, yeah, we're off topic already. <laughs> but Anyway, you no, know, and I apologize. This podcast has been much more of me talking than it should be. No, dude, no, not at all. Actually, it has not. I'm I'm sitting here listening to you intently because I'm learning just the same. And 
like I said, I, I respect you and all the stuff that you've done. So I've been following you on a number of things. By the way, you're saying uh, keep tired of making sure you're in line. I move left. I watch myself move right. And I get tired of seeing myself in, in the camera. But at the same time, if I turn it off, I'm worried about where I'm at position wise. And I try not to look at my... You ever find yourself, I, so I, I, I position the browser right above, my camera is right there, straight in line, but I position yeah. you versus where I'm at. But I, you know, I'm trying to, I kind of look at myself in the other one and I'm tired of looking at myself. I, I think podcasts, when they were no video, it was great because I don't have to look at myself at all. I just have to talk. Now, video conference, am I right? Where are my hands? Where am I? Am I, am I high enough and matching Eric in the screen? Should I get lower? Uh, you know, do I sit back and relax and, you know, it, it, it does get tiring, but, uh, at the same, you, you do this more often and whatever it is, is just natural. Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You don't care where you're at and the thing you're, you, everybody's like, man, that, that he makes mistakes. And that means I can make mistakes right. and I can go out there and do that. So you, you can talk as much as you like, because I'm learning it. We're having a conversation, just old friends. Uh, I mean, we've met plenty of times on it. We're not just video friends. That's right. I know that's always the, the very interesting thing too, because like as a community of technologists, we, you know, I, my friend, Stephen Foskett, he, uh, I remember he told me, he says, he goes, his wife, he's always here to bug him. She's like, what, like, why do you spend all this time on Twitter and, you know, and all these different, you know, social media things. And, you know, like, like, why don't you have like regular real friends? And he says, these, these are my real friends. Like, cause when we go to an event, we meet and we, like at first it was like meeting the huge group and then getting to know people. And then what you find now after doing it more and, and being at events often enough is that the, the hallway track is the real, the heart of the event and like going for dinner with, you know, yourself and, you know, a handful of people, like just kind of getting off the, off the show floor. And it's, it is funny. And I, I definitely, I got to give props to you for this too you very beautifully merge your personal relationship with people and technology with your corporate requirements to be on a show floor in a mode. And it's hard because I used to get that whole thing of like, I'd, I would go there as a, just like a bunch of nerds, we would go to events and we were bloggers. And so we were like taking it all in and talking to all the people at the booths. And we were all bloggers, like all my peer group were, you know, and then a couple of them got hired by vendors. And I was one of the ones that got, you know, pulled from the, from the, out of the matrix and, and shoved into the, the vendor landscape. And so it'd be weird because every once in a while I'm like, when I went to the show as Eric from Turbo, I'm there for that purpose. Like you're there with your friends. You don't, it's not like I'm like, sorry, John, who? Can I help you? Uh, like, but it's like you always know. Hey, dude, we're here for business. What? What are you doing after? Cool. Like, it. it it's a really interesting balance of being public, but being there for work, and doing both very well. Which is, uh, it's tough to do. I I found out early on, uh, and I always come back to this. 
when you listen to, and I hate to come back to actually the podcast, but if you listen to the podcast one for the MSP, you'll notice that I mentioned I had a great night and that's where I, you know, accidentally messed, met Andy Jassy playing blackjack and uh, everybody loves that story. True story. 100%. Uh, I didn't add anything. Uh, but before that, I had a meet and greet with uh, one of our, the, it was going to be a customer of ours for the MSP. And I am being very vague because I don't, you know, obviously I don't have, I don't want to say names, yeah. but I was there and the salesperson I was with, we went into this nice restaurant, by the way, it was like a hidden back door. Like they opened the closet and then the <laughs> restaurant was, <laughs> oh my, it was, it was amazing. It was, I think it was in the aerial, but they, they, you went in and it was a pawn shop and then they opened the door, the big door. And all of a sudden it's a restaurant behind it. But I thought it was a cool thing. Anyway, I was there for the meet and greet and uh, introductions. And uh, the salesperson wanted to talk shop. Me and the gentleman next to it, we didn't talk shop once. This guy was into working out, CrossFit. And we were talking about each other's family, how we worked out, some of the cool things. We are good friends to this day. He's come up to my house. Uh, we've done some workouts. I have a mountain nearby. We were in the mountain. We, done, we don't talk work. We don't mix anything with, with the work with it. And if we do talk of work and how things are going, how's it? I really get personal. And I like to talk to people about it, but I also like to talk about, oh, you like that product? That's actually pretty cool. And, you know, and let, let's do that. And then like, all right, well, let's go, let's go grab a drink afterwards and just chat. I'm not a salesperson. I don't like to sell people. Right. I, I like to just have fun. I like to have a conversation. If you like what you see, that's great. Go talk to the salespeople because I'm not here to sell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that's always a funny thing too. And the, the, my favorite thing to sort of, sort of poke people at is when I see, tweets are my own like mm, no no and they're not <laughs> and we i joke as well always saying like yeah i'm not in sales like we all are <laughs> however the way in which we sell you know i'm not selling as a seller i'm selling as a believer and an advocate very true very true i'm not a seller i'm not a seller as in i want you to, uh, to go buy something but I'd love for you to listen to my stuff. Don't forget to hit that like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, well, this is the also an interesting thing because it's a it's a rare personality among a lot of you know a, a decent amount of technologists who are able to be personable and also be deep technologists. So like you can dive into the bits. But you can also like, hey, you know, crazy CrossFit story. And oh, my God, this, this comedian that I saw last night, whatever it's going to be like there. I know a lot of amazing, amazing coders, engineers, people from all different like network engineers. They probably wouldn't pass a Turing test. Like it's it's horrifying sometimes to think like, wow, they're so skilled at this. But there's like. I would. And when you try to get them to go out at a room full of people they're very uncomfortable and it's it's brutal to watch us try to morph them into that role but you know you like many of the bloggers and folks that are you know gently making their foray into a public face it's it's neat to watch the evolution where you realize at first you're like i better sound smart so i'm, I'm going to talk about something you know and in the end you're like ah, i don't care how I, how I look i'm just having fun and then that's why more people stand around and listen because they, you actually aren't concerned about the outcome. You're just having a real organic conversation. 
I gotta let everybody know. I mean, I try not to bring, I try to bring some level of knowledge to the show, whatever I'm doing, some information, but I don't like diving so deep technical on an event that's probably just supposed to be fun. Hey, here's some knowledge and let's have some fun about it. Oh, you wanna learn a little more? Let's do this. And you, hey, did you really think that's cool? Let's do that. Uh, you know, I, I'm diving deep every day into new things, uh, playing around with new technology, integrating new things, but I never show that on the show. I never jump into that because I don't want to, I don't, I don't, it, it's not that I don't want to show that I'm smart. I don't feel I have to. I feel that I want to give you my personality. I want to give you a little bit at a time, have a little fun at it. You want to talk about that later? We'll go ahead and have a conversation over lunch. And that's really what I'm trying to bring is that uh the fun quirkiness of tech i guess yeah i do have a confession i got a confession one year ago if you asked me if i was youtubing or putting videos on youtube i told my kids no you won't see me on youtube i'm not doing that there's no way <laughs> uh, I, you can ask them um i'm like so for from that time on every time my kids are watching the show i'm like pause that 33 million views. Who watches this? I, know. Like, I asked my son. So they're, they're my audience. They're the people that are clicking on it. Why did you click on that? And I said, that that's so dumb. He goes, that's why I clicked on it. I'm like, what <laughs> am I going to do? <laughs> like, so yeah, I might not have the 33 million views and you know, I'm getting there or uh, I'm trying to, but if you asked me, I would have said, no, I wasn't doing this. Or I wasn't bringing it. And I, I came upon, I accidentally came across this, I guess, career or lifestyle, uh, just pro slowly progressing and bringing the audience things and just being myself. And for some reason, everybody loves it. And I enjoy bringing the quirkiness and I'm making more all the time. I've got a number of ideas that I'm working on and I wish I had more hours in a day. But if you don't think you're meant to do it, try it and see what happens. This brings a good point up of you know i had somebody say the other day to you know, to my wife because she, she does video content as well and we're you know she's a she's a literally an electrical engineer she's a master's in engineering she's a vmware certified design expert there are i think uh about just about 200 and just under 300 of them on earth three of them are women she's one of them so wow congratulations she's an incredible technologist and so someone said though, like, well, you know, you can do video stuff and you like, what if it just become a YouTuber, you know, like, cause it would be as if it's like fun, you know, cause she's very good on camera and she's like, N hell no. You know how much work that is? <laughs> like is. people see this thing and they like YouTubers used as like a pejorative now, but it's not a simple thing. You've got to, it's creating content that's compelling that people will come back and watch and that are in, like when I see, so I've got young kids, you know, I see Blippy and Ryan's toy review and, and like, I know all the names I, and I fall, I'm like, good golly, they make $123,000 a month. I'm like, you know, and you think to yourself, you know, boy, I could do that. Just unbox, you know, Easter egg. <laughs> you too. <laughs> you too. But I'm like, but okay, that's fine. So do it every single day for three years. Oh yeah, you can do it. Anybody can do it. And you're like, sorry, wait a second. How much do I have to do? You're like, yeah, uh, every day for three years. And then maybe 
you will end up getting picked up by the algorithm. It's not an easy thing. It, it's very interesting that you mentioned it because I've watched a couple episodes where they're sitting there in a room, a uh, plain room, that no lights, no nothing for real, and they've got uh, a pen and they're opening up boxes that people sent them. Oh, what's this? And they look at it. It's almost like that kid who's making millions playing with a video, a toy. Yeah. And they're just unboxing this toy. And they're like, yeah. And, and my, my son's watching it. And I'm like, why are you watching him unbox stuff? I can have you go unbox stuff in the garage if you want. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I've got some Amazon stuff outside. Do you want to help me? Unbox yeah. It? You want to unbox this? <laughs> now this is the, it, I, I, I sort of say as a joke and like you will get these jokes and my wife and I and a handful of people get them that we're doing video content. So we know like we're learning from these people. Like why not? Why not look at what works for them and bring it over? So I sort of joked and I said, I'm going to do every every video. I'm going to do like, a, like, hey kids, ah, hey, like do like a jump cut, total like Jake Paul type of thing. I said, and then I'm going to do like, and now we're opening the video and you can see, oh, look at that. Yeah, click the interface. Like do like ASMR demo videos of stuff. Like, oh yeah, optimize that cloud. There you go. And like, and like just like totally just like it would be funny to try these different styles. But then I realized I'm like, I think I'll be the only person that gets the joke. <laughs> uh, try it. You can always try something once to yeah, see if it works. It. See how many people click on it. I there's that's actually a very interesting part. Uh, and I've seen so many books. Uh, by the way, I've read uh, YouTube books and you know, creating 100 content in 100 days. I think you're actually working on it, by the way. That's uh, it, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and I think that's very, I actually have a YouTube book for it or 30 days. Um, just because you put it out there, don't expect people to run to it and click on it. Oh, you, yeah. You've got to promote it. Uh, I'm my own, own social media person. I'm always dropping something on social media, liking, sharing, putting some posts out there, resharing uh, other content creators like Eric, yeah, I'm, I'm, I share your stuff or I like it. I want people to see it because I know how hard it is to actually get it out there or to have people click on it, have people like it. And by the way, you that video that you created today might not take off for another couple of months. Just just remember mm -hmm. that it might take a while for you to progress up there. I've seen a lot of major YouTubers out there who started in 2016. And yeah, there's 2021. And guess what? they're finally those millionaires. They're finally taken off. So if you start today, you could be in the next couple of months, years. It all depends on what you're creating and what, what's the value it's driving. So don't expect it to have all those likes, shares, and subscribes. Yeah, it is. It is like many things, right? It's a grind. It's a thing that you do. And I'm, you know, I'm, I enjoy it. And I know the commitments to go the distance with stuff. And like you said, it's, you put it out there and, Good golly. You know, it's it's tough sometimes because you're like, what? You're like 32 views. I'm like, yeah. I'm pretty sure I was 22 of them. Like, this isn't, this is not. But hey, I'm happy when I reach 100 views on something. It's, yeah. It, you have to, like I said, just because you got 100 views is great. I had last year around this time less than 100 subscribers on YouTube. And you have to have a hundred to get the customized channel, and I have to get the name. Yeah. I was begging, borrowing, and everything. I'm like, please like, subscribe, so I can get my customized shit. And then uh, I think it was just in January or February I broke. Uh, no, it was the end of February. I broke a thousand. You know, now I'm at thirteen. Congratulations, you know. man. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It's 
it's a tough grind day in and day out. You just don't take off one day because it's the weekend. You think, what are you going to do? Uh, you got to get up early between your regular day job because unless you've got some money lying around that you want to quit your day job and do this for the next you know, X number of years to really build that content, you have to do it before, after, during your lunch, uh, do some quick editing, doing it, and then think about the next one you're doing and record it. I had actually, um, this week, I recorded three things. Man, I had them lined up. I got all three ready to go, but I'm not going to throw them out at once. I want to slowly progress them, but I'm ready to go. I'm ready yeah. to drop that content. And you always have to. Some weeks, I didn't even record anything this week, and you feel a little down. That's okay. Think of your next one. Do a recording. I, I'm actually thinking about doing a podcast uh, once a week, and it might just be audio right now because, like you said, I, I always thought I had a face for radio, but apparently my quirkiness flies. Well, and... If you if anybody goes back to the origins of my podcast, it started off in the early months. I didn't even rename them. It was called GC on Demand. It was actually the Green Circle, which is our turbonomic community at work. And so I, because I was like, I think it'd be kind of neat to do a podcast and have these conversations with great, fantastic people like yourself. It's so like I know John's a good technologist. So I want to pick. I know he like he loves doing serverless. Like let's dig in or whatever it's going to be. Right. And so that was my goal. And everybody said, like, keep it to 20 minutes. You can listen to it on the commute or whatever. And so I went that route. And I easily, you know, could find a bunch of my nerd friends and we could fill the first, like, 20 episodes, 30 episodes. And then I started to dig around and I found some more folks. And I kept going. And then it's, like, it's very tough to measure what's successful. So I've got no successful measurement on it because we weren't getting, there's no download number. Like, it wasn't easy to tell. Is it working? And so, you know, winds of change happen at work and they're like, yeah, it's, don't put any effort into it. I'm like, oh, no, I actually really enjoy this. I'm like, OK, fine. I'm going to take it on my own. So I just change it. I'm like, I'm going to call it the Disco Posse podcast. <laughs> and then I kept going. And then I got really busy because show season one year and it was traveling and, and I, I, I broke my streak and I literally didn't publish anything for like two and a half months. And I thought, man, like, I just, I thought, okay, let me just go see, you know, I, I remember talking to somebody and I go through and I look and I was like, I saw comments and like people like, oh, this is really great. Can't wait for the next one. I saw, like started seeing actual comments. I'm like, oh, good golly, people are listening to this. And like, I got, I feel like a personal responsibility to keep going. And then I started it back up. And it was hard to get weekly because it's like you got to find content. Everybody has a podcast for, for 20 episodes. And then the wheels come off the bus because it's really hard to fit it into your life. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find enough compelling content to create. And so you got to be ready to do a few on your own. You know, and this is why I know you've got the potential for success in this, John, because you're not afraid to just put yourself up in front of there and like, all right, we're soloing today. I had this weird thing happen to me on the way to the store, totally ran over a squirrel, almost died doing it. And like, because you know, you'll care about the outcome of that solo show to keep the momentum going to make people care about listening. And that's ultimately where it's like, I had to push through those moments. And then now I've luckily at the opposite problem, I've got like eight recorded shows. I'm having to put them out twice a week now because I had to like, I got to get rid of the backlog. It's, it's amazing. It's humbling that, you know, when you get this machine going that you can do it. And as a result, 
I've met people who've become lifelong friends through this process. And it's, it's pretty cool. You know, we have an opportunity as creators and learners to like, just keep going to school every day. It's a fantastic way to do it. You know where you can learn a lot of stuff? YouTube and other people. Yeah. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> uh, so Eric, do you, you do all your own, right? Do you do all your own editing? Do you chief cook and bottle washer as they say? Exactly. <laughs> So, and you're putting out twice, two times a week. Uh, and I know how much effort that is to put it in there, to make it valuable, to, you know, cut it into a certain time. You're like, I'm sorry, guys, we talked for two hours. If you don't want to listen for two hours, listen for 15, go have some dinner, come back, grab a cup of coffee. We'll keep you going, you know, but I, I know how hard it is. I know how much, I know how much effort you put into it. It's the same. I don't mind doing it on my own. A lot of the stuff, uh, it's solo. But then some other things, I want to talk to somebody. I want to have the interaction, that conversation, that back and forth banter. If I got to talk to myself on camera, trust me, it's going to be entertaining just the same. Yeah, this is the, it's the art of any content that you create. And I give this as a, it's, it sounds elegantly simple. Create something that you would care to consume. Yes, exactly. And if you if you are passionate about what you're doing, just like every good Facebook matching algorithm, there's somebody out there that you're a cohort of. <laughs> 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 and in the end, you know, look to your peers, look to YouTube, look to folks that are out there doing it. Model what works, develop your style and and do it and in at the very least, just take some, take a lesson out of it. I always tell people too, it's like when you go to, it's like go to work and, and steal something every day. I don't mean like pens and stuff because that's illegal, but like find somebody that works on the sales team and ask them like, how did you get your first gig? Like, how did you know how to like close a deal? How did you know how to start a conversation with a stranger about like, go to the engineers and said, okay, tabs versus spaces. I don't get it. Like whatever it is, like be curious. And that curiosity will always remain. And it's, it's easy when you think about it. Cause that's how we, we went to school mostly because we had to, you know, I didn't, I have a high school education. I'm a shoe repair man. I just, I stumbled upon technology by accident, but I'm a rare case, but we went there because some stuff we took because we had to, but there's a hell of a lot of stuff that we took because we actually gave a crap about the outcome. Uh, that's, a great, day, right? that's a really good point. Uh, some of the things I've read and come across, and it makes sense to me, and, uh, you want to start YouTube, right? You want to start putting out content, but you don't know what. So you're waiting to figure out that what. Don't wait to figure out that what. Start putting something out. As long as you have the passion behind it and you feel the value and you'd be like, yeah, I would watch that myself. Just start putting it out there. Don't think, oh, I got to fine tune this. I got to have this. I got to have this. Oh, it's got to be really good. Just start and start adding and start changing it. Don't You don't need to know what you're talking about right away. You just need to know the passion. Uh, all of a sudden, there was a uh, new service that came out and I got super excited about it. I was like, man, I got to share this right away. That same day, I made it and I pumped out some content. And I... And when you start making content, you have that passion behind it that you want to share it with everybody and you're yeah. just going to get better. 
So you always just doesn't matter. There is always value. Uh, as Eric said, you know, steal something uh, and not in the literal sense. Uh, hey, is anybody recording? I'm here by myself. Hey, maybe I'll just entertain myself a little bit. So Eric just dropped and we are still recording and I'm just going to have to talk to myself. Eric, you will come back uh, eventually or maybe there's some video, audio, whatever it is. Let's just talk a little bit more about creating content. Uh, you don't have to have the awesome background. You don't even have to have anybody uh, on the show. Whatever it is, some of the things that I like to create is just something on how-to tutorials. I make them easily digestible, five minutes long. Granted, that sucks for YouTube uh, metrics because what happens is that uh, they're only watching for three, four minutes and I need to get over 4,000 hours to really for some stuff, but I'm not even getting that uh, because they're only watching for three or four minutes. So just start making it. Now, how is this for the most, talk about just, just press publish. I literally just fried my laptop. <laughs> uh, dude, first of all, you got to watch the recording if this is still recording. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> That's the amazing thing. It's, it's going to keep going. So we get to get the whole thing. And so we get to do the finish on my phone. But that's all right. So tell me what. <laughs> I am not telling you what happened on it. You're just going to have to watch the recording <laughs> later and maybe piece it in together. I did do the ending and say, welcome to another. Or actually, I did the ending and say, thank you. My name is John Meyer. I'm the AWS blogger. This was another one of the Digital Posse podcast. Thank you, Eric. And I did some other improvised some dancing. So you use whatever you'd like. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, there you go. We can do the official close now. Yep. Uh, in the end, you know, even if you fry your laptop, which I just did, uh, and if you <clears throat> are unsure of what to do, find someone that you respect, learn, and press publish. That's it. You know, it, it literally is as, is as simple as that. And if you need help, then you know reach out to those same folks that that's the other thing too right like we are a community of creators so just go out there and say hey love your content i got a quick question for you if you don't mind and rarely does somebody just be like sorry peon i have to get back to my cadillac or whatever <laughs> you just, people are not going to shove you out of the way to get back you know quick handlers take care of this kid you know no it, it is it is a respectful community of creators and you know and i'm i'm glad to be a peer among your group john and and like i said we we will continue to learn from each other even though i put i'm now i'm on a shaky cam at the end here <laughs> this is the wildest thing i've actually i never edit my podcast we had this discussion at the start and i'm gonna have to legitimately edit this one in a little bit because <laughs> i want to get the surprise at the end so but i give you full permission to use whatever you'd like what i recorded while you were gone i was entertaining the audience of giving them a little more backstory, uh, looking sad that you left me and saying you're coming back. So you do whatever you'd like with it, edit or not. <laughs> that one we're definitely gonna have to keep. So John, if people wanna get a hold of you, what's the best way to do so? We'll obviously, we'll have links in the show notes as well. What's the, what's the 
top way that they can reach you, learn learn from your trade and your knowledge, and uh, and follow the really really great stuff that you're doing. So there's a couple ways. Uh, I do social media, Twitter at underscore John Meyer, J O N M R E R, LinkedIn, John Meyer, and then also my YouTube, the AWS Blogger. Now keep in mind, I did buy the domain johnmeyer.com which redirects back to the aws blogger because i think i'm gonna have that just as well and really keep that persona going but maybe be a little more john meyer than the aws blogger sometimes you never know what i'd like to do please reach out to me questions comments on videos some things you'd like to see because if you might not be the only one that wants to see that content and if you've got questions, how to, whatever it is, I always respond to my DMs or LinkedIn messages because I make this content for you, the audience. I want you to learn from me. I want to make this stuff for you because I enjoy doing this. And Eric, just the same. I've learned so much from you and I appreciate you having me here on the show. There you go. Thank you very much, sir. And for that, folks, John Meyer, the AWS blogger. Yeah, well, that's the title. It certainly isn't the encapsulation of what he does. You, you do great stuff. So uh, make sure you follow. Smash that like button. Hit, click subscribe. Do the things. Do the things. And, uh, John, I do hope that we get to catch up IRL, as the kids yes. would say. Uh, yes, yes. We'll be I there appreciate again. it. As always, everybody, this is the Disco Posse Podcast. Eric, thank you for having me on the show.